This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 90, recorded on the 13th of April, 2016. On today's show, debriefing a day at camp with your staff. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by Go Camp Pro. In a lot of ways, Go Camp Pro was built for directors just like you, people doing it all themselves. We designed this by asking ourselves, what resources do we wish that we had during our time as directors? The material will be helpful to those in their first five to seven years of directing, but so much of it fits for camp directors who are looking for ways to make their camp life easier. To join, go to gocamp.pro. And this week's episode is sponsored by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Camp Hacker. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a podcast network and blog at camphacker.tv, and I am one of the co-founders of GoCamp.pro. Hi, I'm Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, a, a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located in Fingal, Ontario, sort of halfway between Detroit and Toronto. Hi, I'm Laura, and I am uh, the director at Camp Stomping Ground, um, a nonprofit, independent nonprofit camp in um, Binghamton, New York. And I'm Jaleesa Danhoff. I'm the assistant director at Camp Nuego, an independent not-for-profit all-girls resident camp in West Michigan, celebrating our 90th summer this year. Awesome. Well, uh, welcome to you, Joe. It's great to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to be back. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time together tomorrow at the Society of Camp Directors dinner. Uh, Laura, thanks yes. for coming back. I'm, uh, it, it's also great to see you so much this week. <laughs> Absolutely, Travis. Good to see you, too. And, Jalisa, thank you for joining us for uh, podcast number two on Camp Hacker. I made it to a second one. You yeah. did. You did. That makes you very, you're part of a very select group of people. Um, pretty soon you'll be like Paul, who'll be uh, approaching his 10th episode. Um, Paul sends his regrets. He's got a sick kid at home, so he's not able to join us for part two of this discussion uh, called Debriefing Your Day at Camp. But um, I want to make sure we covered a lot about how to debrief um, with your kids and check in with the kids every day and how to teach your staff how to do that. Uh, and um, have had some interesting discussion about that and on the comments on Camp Hacker and um, by emails as well. Uh, we wanted to now take the second step and go into um, what it's like to do that with staff. How can you connect with them about how their day is going and how you can scale that. When you're a cabin counselor and you're responsible for eight kids or you're a CIT director and you're responsible for 16, that's kind of imaginable. You can imagine how you do that. But how as a camp do you keep connected with a staff of 30, 75, 150, or 250 people? Um, and not make them feel like they just disappear into the machine. So we wanted to make sure we come back and address this really directly. So we want to talk about you know what we can do to, to debrief that. And so I think what I'll start with is um, just a, a connection with each of you uh, as to what it's like for you, what you're, what you're, what you want to do to connect with people every day. Actually, so I'd like to start with Nuego and, and see how you folks, what the goal is for you. Um, for connecting with your staff on a regular basis. Sure. So we have weekly staff meetings that we rebranded family meetings. So we call all of our staff meetings family meetings, which makes it feel like an episode of Full House. So it's way more fun than an actual staff meeting. And our goal in connecting with staff, as opposed to just debriefing with kids where you're kind of front loading the day and summarizing how uh, yesterday went, our goal with staff debrief is to give them an opportunity to be vulnerable with one another. That's kind of the connection they crave and to admit where they need areas of help 
help where they're struggling and give them feedback for how we can help them. Um, in a large group setting, that can be a challenge. So we do that at our family meetings, very short, but we also partner up each of our staff with an individual supervisor of our leadership staff team, and they meet with them one-on-one -on -one throughout the week. So it's not a whole staff debrief, but a one-on-one -on -one debrief. Right, right on. And Laura, you're, you're growing in size, and um, I know that this sort of intentionality is very important to you. How do you, how did you deal with it last year, and how do you anticipate dealing with this going forward? Yeah, um, well, last year we, we didn't do a good job at this, and we only ran for one week, but it became like just glaringly apparent to us how important, even when you have a staff of, you know, 20, 25 people that are all your best friends, which is what Jack and I were grateful enough to have last year, we still needed time to really check in and make those people feel valued. And like you said, Jalisa, able to be vulnerable in front of you. I totally agree that that's one of the most important things we can give our staff is that ability to be transparent and, and honest with us. Um, and that goes both ways. So this coming summer, Jack and I are going to try um, to do uh, weekly mastermind groups. Um, kind of the idea of you get together with um, people at all different levels of the organization. So it won't be like the director's mastermind group and the assistant director's mastermind group and the like Dibder and the staff mastermind group. It'll be kitchen from people from the, the kitchen staff as well as, um, you know, our, our EMTs meeting. So it, kind of one person from each level in a, a group together. Um, and basically you sit on the hot seat for some, it'll be during an hour, um, at camp. And so you'll sit on the hot seat and kind of say, um, this is the thing that I really want to work on. Um, does anybody have any advice or, and, and feedback for me in terms of this? And what we're hoping is that, um, it will create a space where staff can be very self-aware of what they are looking to, uh, to get better on and to share with, um, and that we as directors can kind of model that vulnerability, um, in that space. That's amazing. I love that idea. How about for you, Joe? What's what's the goal um, in, in terms of regular connections with your staff? Well, regular connections, we put uh, we have a staff member who's in charge of that, uh, who's called the camper counselor care coordinator. So they deal with behavioral issues that might arise with campers, sort of like a lifeguard for behavior, right? You want to prevent it before it happens. But they're also responsible for those daily staff connections. So they're out and about wandering around, talking to staff. We at the end of the week, we do our, our, our sweet yes, which is just a much quicker version of, of roses and thorns, which we discussed at the last episode. We also did, um, you know, we do a morning check in with all of our staff, um, which is just going over the day. But it's also a check in to see where they're at. Um, it's a standing meeting. We don't allow them to sit down and get comfortable, but it allows them to talk about what their night was like with their campers and any issues that might have arisen. Um, you know, I like the mastermind idea that Laura has put out. We um, we base something like that during our staff training sessions on our Think Together groups, which is a, a term we got from the Buckeye Leadership Workshop. So Think Together groups are just groups of people um, who come together and, and sort of talk about a question or a theme for that specific night. And it can be an hour to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour is normally what it takes. So... I think that connection is is important. We also do, and I'm very, very, very in support of weekly evaluations, um, which I know isn't the daily debrief, but it's a it gives the staff that exactly what they're doing, what they're not doing, right every week, and it's more of a talk about their goals that they've set early on in the summer. Um, and we have that down on paper. So those check-ins can be very specific about what they what they want to achieve over the course of the summer and how you go about that in your daily um, in your daily work. Yeah. yeah. So so I'll make it back to staff for in a second, but I'm just something you said, Joe, made me think of something. Um, and I'll start with you, Joe. Who is the person that you check in with? Who looks after you? Oh, that is a great, great question you ask. It's lonely at the top, and that is the, the thing for all camp directors. Um, when you're young and you don't realize it, 
your first couple of summers of knowing that there is no one sometimes is a very disconcerting feeling. I check in with my wife, who also happened to be a camp director in the past. Yeah. Um, and I I can now check in with um, with my current full-time summer camp director, Ika, Jessica, um, and just to to see where we're at. If if I have true issues or concerns or things, oftentimes I'm t- talking that out with my summer camp director. And if it goes above her, because a lot of times what we as camp directors need to check in or think about is often a a different level than the leadership team, meaning that we need to be very aware. And as a camp director, you should be very aware that uh, we have a policy at, at camp where, where it flows up, meaning that if, if you have an issue, you need to go to someone who can solve that issue. Um, and so talking to your, you know, a counselor talking to another counselor about something they're, they're upset about or the, that, you know, they want changed. Well, can that counselor affect that change or do you, does it go up? And if the leadership team is together in a room and we're making a decision and not everybody agrees with that decision, when you leave the room, everybody needs to be a, a united front on that decision. So there's no dissension. Um, but it's also certain issues simply don't go, I have no need to share it with my summer camp director if it's not applicable and going to help her do her job. So there, there's times when information has been brought to my attention that um, that doesn't go down at all um, and and doesn't affect, although it will affect their jobs, it won't immediately, it won't uh, directly affect their jobs, meaning that by them not knowing that information, it doesn't hurt or harm them or cause them not to be able to do their job. It just means that it's part of the puzzle. So I really, there are days I need someone to check in with, and I use my my wife the most for that. Okay. Excellent. Right on. Thank you. Um, Chalisa, who looks after you? I, like Joe, I check in with my husband, who is not in the camping world, nor has he ever been. Our first date, he asked me, so you're like a camp counselor that works year-round? Like, had no clue. And so it's really nice to have a sounding board to bounce stuff off of who makes the problems that you have seem really small. So when I'm like, we just, this friendship bracelet string, I can't focus on how to get staff to untangle it. And I'm just so frustrated. I spent hours untangling it in the spring, and now it's just a mess again. Whatever I'm ranting about, you know, he'll just kind of take me down a few notches and be like, well, you know, at least all the kids are fed today. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) I also check in with my friends who are summer camp directors. Um, So I'll, you know, call Joe if I'm in a bind or some of my other camp director friends. Neva, I call her constantly throughout the summer, especially if I need advice on how to do something or, or a place to go. I think having that community of professionals. Um, I just started in a mastermind group this year. And it's been amazing with yeah. Anne from Green River Preserve and Elizabeth from Camp Allegheny and Maddie from Skyland Camp for Girls. So it's, it's great to have those three to talk to as well um, when you've got someone you need to check in with. Yeah, yeah right on. That's awesome. Um, and for you, Laura, what's the plan? Yeah, so I think uh, like both Joe and Jalisa, checking in with Jack is probably my first my first go-to. Um and he'll have a, a, you know, just as much of an understanding of what's happening at camp as I will. And so kind of, um, yeah, that's an, it's a very immediate check-in, but beyond that, I think, um, uh, Scott, Arizella, Sylvia Van Meerten and James who helped found camp and start kind of get camp off the ground last year, they're moving on to advisory board member type roles this coming summer. So they won't be directly at the the program, but are always a phone call away. So I feel lucky to have uh, their support as well as the other, you know, camp directors that, that Jack or I and I are in touch with. Right. All right. That's awesome. So that was just a bit of distraction. It just, just made me realize that it's, it's hard. As you said, it's hard being the one at the top, but it, it's, um, I think, important for even for us to set up our own, um, <clears throat> network if the organization isn't set up to have that. So but let, let's come back um, to talk about some of the, the stuff that you could do. And we, we talked a lot about weeklies, and uh, I want to focus on the um, push us down into the dailies and think about some of the most creative things we can do to do that. 
Uh, and I often say when I'm presenting that the single most important thing you you can teach your counselors to do is to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a kid. And the best thing you can do for retention is to have a kid know that at least one adult talked to them this week. And not um, they weren't just lost in the, the mass of, of people or, you know, group of eight in, in overnight camp or, or, you know, 15 to 20 in, in day camp. They weren't just lost in the massing, screaming, moving, laughing, singing mass of that. They were seen as an individual. And I think that um, that's important for us to do as directors, too. It's important to figure out a way that each person gets, um, gets a, a connection and... Um, you know, it can be a, a direct supervisor. It should be a direct supervisor who has even thirty-second conversation with somebody just to see how things are going. Um, but I think it's also important from the top down, and and uh, we went so far as to keep a, a staff list on our desks, each Beth and I, um, and would just you know remind each other to, to check the list and and put a tick beside people when we had just that moment of calm. How's it going? It could have been standing at the salad bar. Um, but it was, you know, not just like, hey, how's it going? It was, you know, how things going in your cabin? Just a real honest connection for a very short period of time. And, and we would track that in a way to make sure that we were, were being conscientious about that. Um, the other thing that, um, that we instituted to have, this was probably more on a weekly basis when it was formalized, but on a daily basis, a little less informal, um, was to have an accountability partner uh, who was at the same was not at the same level as you, so it didn't matter. The, it was sort of organized um, intentionally to partner people up, and um, came from a conference idea I heard years ago about wellness partners, about making sure that people have somebody to check in with, to look after them, um, and to push them to do the right thing. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating well? Um, you look dehydrated, that kind of thing, and. Mm -hmm. um, and wellness partners we've talked about often on the podcast before, uh, but that connection um, is intentional. People are given time to to build that relationship and to have time set aside to talk to that person. Uh, wellness partners got shorted, shortened to wellies, and there are many people in our camp sphere um, who still talk about, have special sit-downs and meals with wellies that they've had for the past 10 years. And um, that's a that's a connection that intentionality has lasted beyond the day to day stuff. So, I mean, does anybody else have stuff that that they encourage staff to do on a day to day, or tips or tricks for that? Yeah, Laura. I have a I have a thought. Um, yeah. uh, we w we're going to try this again this summer, so I'll, I'll let you know how it goes after. But. Um, one of the things that we picked up from visiting the Agile Learning Center, which are a network of um, kind of independent learner, um, self-directed learning associations that are that are kind of cropping up in, in big cities across the country. Yep. And they're using um, the idea of uh, agile software technology and like the streamlining process of how you innovate to kind of run their school processes. Um, and one of the things they do during meetings is use a lot of hand symbols. Oh, yeah. um, so we're thinking about how to incorporate hand signals as like this uh, like small insert of it, an inside joke into a conversation when you're passing, you know, one group's headed to the pool and or to the pond or lake yeah. or whatever, and one group's headed to, you know, the maker space, you can kind of check in with each other. And we hope that it trickles down into campers and that staff are able to tell you know, campers, oh, when, when you see staff do spirit fingers at each other, it means that, like, they really like what the other person is doing and they're just giving them, like, positive vibes. Or, um, you know, we learned this one from Marty Ferguson at Camp, he used to work at Camp Chief URA, um, now he works for uh, Camp Minder, but the idea that during a staff meeting, you could throw up a hook um, and it would let everybody else in the, the meeting or the community space know that um, you have something to add to the conversation, but that you don't want to interrupt um, you know, what's, you know, flowing in terms of the conversation at that moment. Um, and so, you know, we hope that staff and then campers can also pick up on these kind of uh, giving each other feedback in a, a fun camp-like way. Yeah. Uh, just another, another level of, you know, this doesn't happen everywhere else in the world. Not everybody kind of communicates through, through hand symbols. So there's a bunch of them too. Like um, we're thinking this one um, kind of, 
uh, would mean that I, I see, and it's like a, the universal empathy symbol we're thinking at camp. So it's like, I see where you're coming from and I totally hear, you know, your struggle and, and, um, I'm on the same page with you on that. So being able to, to do that, like as a silent gesture of solidarity with yeah. whatever yeah. was happening in the moment. Right. That's awesome. Um, one other hand signal from Marty that, that um, we've talked about on the podcast before, but I don't want to miss because it actually suits this topic really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that um, they had a, they had a signal that the staff member needed help. Um, and it may not be a, a gross emergency. It might just be that they needed another person to step in and deal with this situation with a camper. Right. Um, Marty said it often came up when there were parents um, right. on board, and a parent would be asking really tough questions of a counselor or asking, you know, trying to asking really pointed stuff of a counselor. And so, if they ever tented their fingers and put their fingers together to sort of help them in front of them while they're talking to people then um, that was a signal that they needed somebody to come in and join the conversation. And yeah. that's such a, an awesome thing in terms of check-in that, uh, that I, I love that idea. It's, it's so great. Yeah. Low barrier of entry, too. Like yeah. Everybody yeah. Can, can have those symbols. It doesn't require that you, you know, are, are better at, at sharing your feelings or yeah. not. It's just yeah. a, everybody, everybody can jump in. Right, right, right. Julissa, is there any stuff that that you have heard of or that you practice um, in terms of making daily connections? Yeah, one of the best phrases I ever got from Scott Arizala is, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And he said, we often as supervisors, that's our entryway to giving staff negative constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, can I talk to you a minute? Let me tell you about this thing you need to fix. Right. So I try to make a conscious effort every day to do 10 hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Right. And none of those 10 can be negative feedbacks. Right. So I'll pull a staff and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I love the way that you had all of your kids singing on the way to the dining hall. You're a freaking champ. That was amazing. And then I'll step away. And that's it. I won't add any negatives. I just try and do 10 praises immediately for things I've done well. And then when staff hear the phrase of, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Their stomach doesn't necessarily yeah. drop. They don't yeah. break out into cold sweats. Right. So that for me is a good a good daily check-in. I'm yeah. also our camp's photographer. Right. And so by getting out on camp myself with the camera, I'm able to do those daily check-ins because as I'm taking a photo, I can, you know, pose all the kids. And as I'm taking the photo, chit chat with the staff, like, Hey, the swim class is great. Love it. And then move on. So that's a great way when you've got that camera in your hand to not be seen as you're going around to observe. If you don't have the clipboard checklist, it's a little less intimidating to get those check-ins and those debriefs that are not evaluation-based. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, this, this is kind of evaluation-based, but not formal evaluation-based, but we certainly made it a practice to identify people who were in one job who would be great at being the next job or changing into the next the next role. And... Um, and certainly making sure they left camp understanding that we want them to be in, in, a, in another new role in the next year. But we found that's, that's sort of table stakes. You have to make sure that that happens. Um, so that person's looking forward to and thinking about the new job. But we found if you can sort of figure that stuff out and tell people in week two, and they've got six weeks to ruminate on that, then um, they really rise to that position in so many ways the summer before. Uh, and, you know, there's been um, LATs that we've spoken to who said we're really looking forward to seeing them be counselors. Um, you know, first-year counselors that we said, I think sometimes going to come that you're going to be the program director here. And uh, I think it's going to be awesome. And, and those people really rise to that, to that sort of stuff. Um, Joe, how about you? Is there something on the daily that you've heard of or that you folks are trying to, to make connections? I think for us, it's the trying to get together and, and I try to make daily connections with staff in the sense of um, that they see me every day because I'm not part of the program every day. That's just not the way we have it set up here. But I am part of the program in the sense of chapel every day. And and it's so chapel for us is a bunch of high energy songs. You've seen it, Travis. Yeah. Um, some weird uh, improvised skits and some activities, and I, 
um, years ago, I just got to the point where I was like, okay, well, it's just a thing I do. I, I leave my office at this time every day and I go play guitar at chapel, leading songs and, and whatnot. It took me a while to realize how important this time was for the staff as well, because the, the, it's, it's, um, we years ago tried to give our we tried to give our staff two hours of free time every day. That's a, a standard that the United Church sets. And so when you're scheduling that, though, it can just depend on the program. And so we used to our previous program directors tried to tried to program that during the during chapel, saying, "Okay, well, great, we can have these three counselors be off for this hour, you know, and that's your free time." And what we found is staff who had free time during chapel would show up at chapel <laughs> because they really wanted right. to be there. Yeah. And so um, it's this one of these daily check-ins and it's really easy for me at chapel is every day I touch base with two or three counselors during the activity time when I'm not doing something and when, you know, their cabin group is getting something ready just to check in and, and it get the, let some see a side of Joe that, uh, you know, that they don't, that they don't see at the you know the Sunday meetings or the Friday meetings because you're talking about all the things that need to happen or whatnot. So, um, as far as our our staff, I know that we try to check in. I know that our our leadership team is out and about and trying to check in with people um, all the time. Um, but once again, it goes back down to the the camper counselor care coordinator or someone who can, when staff have an issue, they can come forward to that one person who then can can divvy it out to whoever needs to to talk to someone and and see if there's issues yeah. Yeah. um laura is there anything else that that, that that these guys have said that inspired you to uh think about um i love uh I'm, I'm, jaleesa you were mentioning something about the camera and i, I was thinking about how dan weir also does the the camera kind of um easy way to approach a check-in um and he also is inspiring to me in the way that he does the meat grill um sessions with uh, different villages Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i have all the details correct but i think he buys um you know meat to grill on an open fire or somewhere in the cabins um and then meets with the counselors and that's a way for him to kind of humanize his position but also um really check in with the staff and um that has always been very inspiring to me. Right, right. And he does that in the evenings, checking in with different villages um, and brings them food treats. In yeah. Dan's case, yeah. it's meat to grill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, I, I, I had a couple of notes when I was preparing for this some things that I um, we've done or we've seen or you know would do if we were um, camp directing again that I've uh, just been collecting over the years that I, that I thought I'd share. And feel free to jump in, anybody. Um, there's a couple of things that, that I've seen. One that we definitely saw work was, um, was, a, it was a, a gift to us from, from Camp Winona in Ontario, Jeff Bradshaw, where they would spend time every week um, recalling great moments in camping. And um, they call them GMICs. And uh, people would share in a group setting great moments of camping. And we found over the years that the best way to front load this was to say, you know, excuse me, thanking someone for stepping in and helping out with your cabin, that's fine. Uh, again, that's, that's good. We should be recognizing those moments at the time and thanking them for that. But a great moment in camping is that the next level, that extra level of sensitivity and noticing skills. Again, it's a good quote from Scott about noticing skills. And, um, you know, seeing something happen and picking up some things that others do, not for the attention, but for the benefit of the kids. So it's really putting other kids first. Um, and, and my classic example to get people to understand what I mean is watching at the end of a cold and rainy day, watching the last group of little boys go down to canoeing and having one camper, the last camper, not be able to find a dry life jacket and, you know, just making the worst, almost crying face to put on this soaking wet, disgusting, cold life jacket. Then me seeing the instructor who'd been wearing a rain jacket all day, take her dry life jacket off, put it on the kid, and her put the wet life jacket on. Like, that to me is a classic great moment in camping. It's like, sensitive instructor sees something, deals with it, doesn't make show, um, but I was grateful that I was there to capture it, and you know, we could share that in the meetings. 
uh, we took that instance of like that's what the GMIC discussions were and made that into something that was recorded. One of those little moments of almost perfect moments of our culture to not be ephemeral. And so we have a, um, a sketchbook that um, people write in at those meetings and those little stories, two or three sentences are captured. And whenever we have an alumni event, the GMIC book look goes out, people beeline straight for it just to, to check out all of those things that they were there for, the ones that went before them, the things that came after. Um, and that really is um, not so much a daily debrief, but something that you're training people all the time to be looking for the moments that are missing. Uh, one, of, one of my concerns as a director is that we recognize in camp all of the orange people, all of the people who are in front, singing, happy, love to be in announcements, love to dress up, and we have to be so conscious of watching the people, and they're usually more of them than the orange people, who are uh, sensitive, quieter, um, and are the ones that, in a lot of ways, really take care of our community. And so training people to look for GMICs was a, a good way to, to recognize key people that aren't necessarily the ones who are up front all the time. So I've got more, but Laura, you go. I'm happy to, if you've learned stuff no, from I've, travels. I've thrown up my spirit fingers for you. I love that. That seems like a really incredible idea. We want to think it would be fun to bring that into our program this summer. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a living memory in lots of ways of, of the perfect moments of camp culture. Yeah. Um, so other things, Jim, I see, I said, um, one moment that happens every day is not a uh, conversational check-in, but um, we were able to take about a fifth of our staff and you know put the kids in, a, in an area where they were sort of contained and let them play for an hour, and then um, you know four fifths of the staff would get together, and um, every that meeting would happen every day at six thirty every night, and it was um, it always opened with a gratitude journal. And so people were to take some moments to, to journal a few specific things. And gratitude journals are, are probably pretty common. Just think about, you know, three things you're grateful for and, and a goal for tomorrow. Um, and just taking that moment to journal is a, is a, a very great psychological benefit to do that. Um, where we're directing now, um, so that, that time was the lead into a staff Bible study. Were we directing now in a non-faith-based camp, we would still prioritize that time as a staff together um, and would still do journaling and some other things that would carry on. I think singing together would be, um, in a non-faith-based camp, would be essential to us, as it was in the faith-based camp. But you can get the, the five-minute journal. There's a, a five-minute journal you can buy. And they're kind of expensive, but all, you really, all it does is that each page repeats the same questions over and over again. So um, they put this out there. This is not stolen from the five-minute journals, the stuff they put out there. But the things they ask people to fill out every day, three things I'm grateful for today, what would make today great, um, some sort of affirmation. You know, I am this, I am uh, embodying this spirit, this idea. Uh, three amazing things that happened in the past 24 hours, and how could I have made this day better? And if I, even if I wasn't at a camp where we were able to prioritize time together as a, a most of the group of staff, we I think would find time for journaling, um, where you know some senior staff would take the kids in the dining hall and sing and play games with them, while the others would give them time to journal. I think it's um, learning a lot in the last few years about the value of journaling and um, how it helps people be you know, sustain themselves over this. This eight months of crazy, the sprint of, mm. of eight weeks long, maybe that's this eight week long sprint. Those are some of the things that I wrote down in, uh, in, in preparation for this discussion. That has happened. Any I got others? one. Laura? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I recognize that I'm approaching a very sensitive and controversial topic, but I thought maybe it fit. Um, yeah. We, we, our, our camp has technology um, as a part of the program, so kids can bring technology. What ended up happening last year was that most of their kids left, most of the kids left all their devices in the cabin turned off for most of the week. Um, but our staff also had their, their cell phones on them. Yeah. Um, and so something 
something that kind of organically happened um, that we're thinking we want to capitalize on this coming summer was this group text between staff. um, And it was this immediate like thread of um, updates and inside jokes that's that um, were kind of a bonding tool for for staff. I know that there's a ton of um, worries and not, uh, you know, you know, are we using this in a positive way? Um, this coming summer, we aren't going to have a ton of uh, a- not access to Wi-Fi on campgrounds, except for in the dining hall. And um, the uh, cell phone service is mainly Verizon. So I'm, I'm not sure how this is you know, going to really cut down on it. But um, before summer, we're going to organize a, a Slack group Um to have staff kind of share um, things that they're excited about and be able to channel different conversations and, and monitor things that are happening and get people introduced to each other before the, the summer starts. But I'm thinking, you know, during the summer, maybe Slack is an incredible way to have an immediate journal that is something you can constantly check into and constantly refer back to. Or um, if you're just kind of needing a pick me up from the day, um, be able to, to log on and, and check in that that way. I recognize that the, I think personally, I'm not the kind of person who gets the um, the dopamine rush from technology as much as I do from checking in face to face with somebody. Um, but I'm open to the idea that, right. um, you know, maybe this is a tool, maybe this is another way um, to, to kind of check in and, and reflect back and, and journal, like you're saying, Travis, I think yeah. that's really important. Right Collecting stories. Yeah. Collecting stories. Yeah, so good. Um, Chalisa, you look like you've got an idea. Yeah, we're a big fan of surprises at Camp Nuevo, specifically surprises for staff. Because I think staff work so hard to make the surprises happen for campers where they'll come upon a, a great moment in camping. So whenever we do times with staff where all the campers are being watched and we've just got the staff, like the situations you were talking about, Travis, the daily meeting, those might happen once a week or once every two weeks for us. And we like to do surprises for staff. Um, So one meeting we've done in the past is a puppy meeting. So we went and got puppies from the local animal shelter and put them in our Gaga court. And so when the staff came to the meeting, there was just puppies everywhere. And then we kind of do our like, how's your day going? How's everybody? How's everybody doing? And like, how can you be mad when you've got a Gaga court full of puppies? Um, This summer, so if any of my staff are listening, don't listen to this podcast because Spoiler alert. Um, we're doing a staff debrief called Sushi and Sumo. And so the staff will come upon um, sumo suits, the inflatable kinds that you put on. And then we're going to have several tables filled with various forms of sushi, including like dessert sushi. And that's how we'll do like an informal check-in where the leadership staff will be able to say, how's it going? How's your summer? How's this hanging? Um and so I, I like staff being able to be surprised by like ridiculous things like that that are like well beyond what their imagination would be yeah. because that makes the, the debriefs and the check-ins something that they really look forward to. And it's not just an awkward, let's sit on these couches and talk about our feelings. They have right. something right. else going on to, to make it a social event and make it really something big in your program. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Really cool. Uh, George, do you have uh, any final thoughts or things that inspired you to uh, that you've seen in the past, etc.? I know that growing up, when I was a counselor, one of the things that was most powerful to me is you know we did our morning staff meetings right after morning watch and um, and we would then have uh, prayer pal. So it's a Christian based camp, and essentially it's not the same person every day. And you can do this in a non Christian based camp. It was just. A time to sometimes it was just a long line folded in half, and the person you're across from is who your parapel is at that moment in time. And you spend literally 30 seconds to, um, you know, 30 seconds to a couple of minutes either praying with each other or just talking and 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 speaking to that person about what your hopes are for the day. And, um, and it was just when I was a counselor, it was a really effective way for me to have someone to share my fears with, which in a Christian-based setting or in any religion-based setting, it's easy to share your fears in a prayer because that's, right, it's it's open. It's a lot harder to share your fears or your your hopes 
in person with someone, but if that idea that just to give them that extra two minutes to five minutes at the end of the staff meeting to make sure they have make a personal connection with someone, it doesn't have to be the same someone every day. But looking back on my time as a counselor, that was certainly one of the most powerful things um, that I had for a daily check-in um, as we went and, and, and really formed a, a lot of what I do. Very cool. Well, it's great shares, like so many, so many good ideas. Uh, I'm grateful to the three of you for uh, coming back. I'm sorry, where's Paul? I'm sure he had lots of really, um, lots of good stuff to it, but wasn't able to make it. So thank you to the three of you for, for covering this in a smart way. And those of you who are listening or watching on YouTube, I would encourage you at this point, um, if you've got some good ideas, do us a quick favor and go to camphacker slash iTunes and um, give us an honest review of, of the podcast and, and um, whether it's helped you, how it's helped you, that kind of thing. That's, that is really helpful. Um, it's one of the easiest things you could do to help us put forward about the Campfire podcast. So um, thank you to those of you who've already done it. We've had some amazing reviews, and, and we always appreciate the people who have done that. That said, it's now time for us to move on to our Tool of the Week. Tool of the Week. So um, we invite our panelists every time to bring a tool that helps them be a better camp director. And uh, Laura, I wonder if you could start us off with your tool this week. Sure. So we are uh, a camp on a shoestring budget to the extreme. And so (laughs) my tool this week is um, uh, a way that we found super successful to market um, for really no money. Um, You can contact your local library and see if they want to run classes and have you sponsor the class. So uh, we did this for spring break. Um, We did like a, on one day we did cooperative games and the next day we did like wearable art. We did one day with like healthy finger food snacks and one day with, um, we did felting at, um, at the library. And we had people, um, 15 to 20 people sign up each day, um, and got to interact with different families, um, got to talk with parents and hand out flyers, um, got to meet kids and really talk with them about it. And then the library reimbursed us for all of the supplies that we used. So, um, it didn't cost us any money. Um, and I think that it was a great way for us to get out into the community. I have a series of meetings set up one-on-one with families from that um, from that week, uh, this coming week, um, to kind of see if they're uh, in it for for a week this summer. Um, so yeah, that's that's my st- shoestring budget marketing idea. That's awesome. It's a lot like uh, Jalisa's PE classes that they take over coming to. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it goes and does phys ed for a day, Jalisa. We do, yeah. We do a full day of phys ed classes, and we do it right after spring break. So we just did one Monday and Tuesday of this week. Uh, we love like fifth, sixth grade as a great age, and these classes are huge. It's like sixty-five kids, um, and then we sell Camp Nuevo the last uh, five minutes. It's great. Who do you bring in to do that with you, or is it, is it just a one-man show? You one person show. Program director. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Good. Great idea, Laura. Thank you. Yep. Joe, what's your tool? Um, actually, this week I have two tools, Travis. My first tool is audible.com. Um, I didn't. I searched, and I'm surprised that we as a group have never given Audible as a tool of the week. So Audible, for those who don't know, is a way to listen to books um, and essentially read a book through your ears. Uh, I've been using it recently. I'm, I'm subscribed and get a credit a, a month, uh, which essentially buys me any book that they have pretty much uh right now i'm listening to under the dome by stephen king which uh, the the, why i thought of audible today is because yesterday i toured around our county and delivered our summer camp brochures to all the schools and i got a good four to five hours of listening into a book which is always great and so i would recommend audible i cannot find an affiliate link because i'm not signed up as a program but travis might have one um, I also recommend, uh, you know, for business books as well. So starting with why is a great book. You can listen to uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And then I also keep some books that are just must-listens to me every so often. There's a book called um, 
The Brothers K by David James Duncan, which is a, a 42-hour book. Yeah. Uh, so I only listen to it once every few years, but <laughs> it is a, an amazing uh, to listen to uh, and, and go from there. So uh, the second tool I have is just uh, ThinkCamp. So ThinkCamp is running again this year. ThinkCamp.ca is where you're going to go for information. It's in November this year. Travis, I knew you were there last year. It's just a gathering of camp people who talk about camp. Yeah. And from a, the perspective of it's it's like being on a podcast for a day and a half um, where you just get to talk about camp and share ideas and, and do all, uh, all those great things. So it is November the 15th, 16th, and 17th of 2016, and it's being hosted here at Pierce Williams. Yeah, and I can highly recommend it as a great um, couple-day conversation about how to improve and, and grow your camp and camp in general. It's, it's a great experience. Um, Jalisa, what is your tool? I am pumped about my tool of the week because we at Camp Nuevo have been loving this. It's called Good360, and it's a program through your local Home Depot, which I don't know if they have that in Canada, but um, Home Depot stores here in America are pretty prevalent, and each Home Depot store has the opportunity to select a charity partner, and any custom orders that Home Depot receives of... uh, cabinetry or flooring and it gets returned to Home Depot, they can't resell those orders. So they give it away to their local charity of choice. And when you do a partnership with them, um, you sign on for at least a year, but they encourage even more than that. So this is something that you do kind of long term. And for us at Camp Nuevo, in the midst of capital campaigns where we're renovating like multiple camp properties, we have gotten like free carpet, free tile, free flooring, vanities. Like every camp building right now is like an episode of Property Brothers. It's just <laughs> shopped full of all of this great building equipment. I will say a caveat you do have to accept like the whole palette of stuff, right. and you might take some stuff sight unseen. Um, so we got in our last trip about a hundred grill sets, like tongs and spatulas and things. And once you take the stuff, you can't resell it. You have to either give it away or throw it away or use it. So around the lakes, we're putting together little info packets of like, see what's grilling at Camp Nuevo this summer for our event. And we're passing them out to all of our lake neighbors. So you get a free grill set courtesy of Camp Nuevo. But we've gotten like garden stuff, like planters. We've gotten, oh man, it's been unbelievable. We've been able to redo and renovate so many things at camp because we have free materials and it's so easy to apply and several Home Depot stores are looking for charity partners and we've actually been asked by multiple Home Depot stores to be their charity partner but we can't take that kind of volume so if you're in West Michigan I know some Home Depots looking for you right on that's cool so do you approach the store or is do you get online or how do you have to make the connection yeah, I've got the link online that I posted okay, to good. our tool yeah. of the week. Um, yeah. So that's how people would start. They would find their nearest Home Depot and say, do you have a charity partner? And if they say no, congratulations, you're it. It is a very easy application process because the stuff, they want to get rid of it in these back rooms. It's just sitting there. Right. Do you, um, do you is there paperwork? Do you have to issue receipts for, for the value of the, the products? No paperwork. You're just their charity partner. You go twice a month and you grab the stuff and go. Wow. Right on. That's very cool. That's awesome. Uh, so, as Lisa says, um, we do have the link online if you go to camphacker.tv slash podcast. Look for this, which is episode 90, um, and find the show notes there. Matt will be writing up the blog post and putting the tools of the week in there. Um, so, very cool idea, Lisa. Thank you. Um, mine is also a link that you will need to go to the to camphacker.tv slash podcast to find. Um, it is uh, an article online that I found that's called Six Brilliant Tips for Getting Comfortable Being on Camera. And um, I, I try to be sensitive to this when I'm presenting because I am one of those um, camp counselors who loves to be in the front of people and loves to dress up and, and do all that. And I know that it's not everybody. That's probably... 20% of the camp population. Um, so there are a lot of camp directors in the world who are not, as I and Joe are, um, the ones who love to be in front dancing. Um, 
so I try to be sensitive to that when I tell people that you need to find ways to tell your story. And um, quite often, I do mean that I think you need to talk to a camera and, and tell more stories from camp and figure out how to do that. Uh, so here's a, a quick little website, some good tips um, to getting comfortable being on camera, whether it's a really formal sit down with a videographer and you know talk about the different program areas, like a traditional camp video, or it's something more on the spot, on the go, doing 10 second Snapchats um, that have have value for your customers. So I thought it would be, uh, um, I've looked at it, it looks like a great resource for people just to get more comfortable and, and understand what's going on there and, and uh, be then more equipped to tell their camp stories. So check that out at campacro.tv slash podcast. So uh, great show today. Thank you to all of you. Um, Jalisa, thank you for, for coming back on for episode number two with us. Thanks, Travis. Great. How can people connect with you to um, if they have follow-up questions from some of the, the brilliant things you said today? Thanks. They can email me directly, and my email is Jalisa, which is my first name, J-A-L-I-S-A, at campnuego.org. <laughs> Thanks, Jalisa. Uh, and Laura, um, grateful that you came back. I can't. I don't know what the count is for a number of shows that you've been on, but uh, uh, I'm grateful to have you here. Um, how can people follow up with you if they need? Uh, you can email me directly as well. Please email me. My uh, email is laura at campstompingground.com um, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at campstompingground.com. Or campstompingground. Always do that. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Laura. And Joe, yep. how about you? Well, people can find out all about Pierce Williams and what I do there at campisbetter.com. Uh, they can find out my personal blog at yoyojoyoyojoe.com, and uh, all of my links to social media are on that website. You can also sign up for my tiny letter, which right. is really tiny and doesn't go out that often, but you can <laughs> sign up for it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for being on, Joe. I'm sure it's good stuff. Uh, I want to thank you to those of you who are listening, those of you who are watching this on YouTube. Um, we're always grateful for the comments. Please do reach out to our hosts. Um, they honestly mean it. You can reach out to them and, and ask them questions and follow up. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me, it's Travis at camphacker.tv. Um, and I am at camphacker on all of the socials. So that's all one word, camphacker. Uh, and love to hear from people. Got some, some great emails after our, our last discussion. So... Uh, really super grateful for people that let us know where they're listening. Uh, that was a nice thing. So I want to thank Trey specifically, who when I said, please let us know where you're listening from, Trey took a picture of himself on his campus, uh, walking around listening to the show. So shout out to Trey um, from Camp Whiteman in Connecticut for doing that. Uh, if others do the same, take a picture of yourself listening to this. Uh, I'm happy to give you a shout out on the show. So I also want to take one quick second and say thank you to Matt Hansberger, who is our producer and editor, and uh, we're always grateful for the work that you do, Eskis, and um, making us look and sound good. So thank you very much to everyone who joined us, and thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.